0: Well, we're going through the book of Romans, but we're going to take a break today and head to the book of 1 Thessalonians because uh, it's good to talk about Thanksgiving this time of the year, and the whole sermon is going to be called Be Thankful, Be Thankful. Uh, I listened to Albert Moeller's podcast called The Briefing. I hope that you've discovered that. If you like to hear about current events from a Christian worldview, Albert Moeller's podcast, The Briefing, is great. He had, a whole set, he had a whole podcast this week about Thanksgiving, and let me just quote what he said about it because it was a good reminder for me. He said, where did Thanksgiving come from? Well, English Puritans understood themselves to be pilgrims for the gospel and for the Christian faith, came to the New World. And they came to the New World and discovered an incredible and haunting adversity. The adversity of illness, of winter, of scarcity, of famine. And in 1621, the year after they had arrived in the New World and established the Plymouth Plantation, they celebrated the goodness of God. And they invited local Indians, Native Americans, to gather with them. They had experienced much greater adversity in the New World than they had expected. That's largely explained by a geographical issue. They were aiming, actually, for the deep south along the American coastline, but they didn't get that far. Instead, they were in New England, and it was very cold and harsh environment in the winter, one for which they had not been prepared. The death toll in that first year was absolutely frightening. But those who survived understood the imperative for thanksgiving. God had kept them alive thus far. He had brought them safely across the Atlantic. He had seen them and their families to this point where they could still look to a future and not only to the past. In their words, in 1621, they, quote, fell upon their knees and blessed God of heaven who had brought them over this vast and furious ocean. That, according to the words of the pilgrim governor, William Bradford. That's the origin of... Those coming to this new world giving thanks. But how does that explain Thanksgiving today in 2018? Well, a crucial historical person responsible for that was the first president of the United States, George Washington, who in the year 1789 declared the first American National Day of Thanksgiving. He invited Americans by presidential proclamation to, quote, Unite in most humbly offering our prayer and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations, end quote. Later presidents followed Washington's example. Lincoln issued moving Thanksgiving proclamations even during the Civil War, and it was Franklin Roosevelt who regularized the holiday on the national calendar as we know it today, uh, called the nation to Thanksgiving in the middle of World War II with these words. Here's what he said, The Almighty God has blessed our nation in many ways. He has given our people stout hearts, strong arms with which to strike mighty blows for freedom and truth. So we pray to Him now for a vision to see our way clearly, to see the way that leads to a better life for ourselves and for our fellow men, to the achievement of His will, capital H, His will to peace on earth. So Thanksgiving has come from a heritage of Americans from very early on saying thank you to God. What does it mean to be a thankful person? Why so often do we fail to be as thankful as we should? How do we deal with the pain uh, of ingratitude when we are ungrateful or those around us are? Let's talk about thankfulness today. First, let's pray. Father, we look up and we say thank you. We say thank you. Though we were to begin now thanking you for your many blessings, we wouldn't finish the list by the time we went on to glory. There are so many reasons, Father, for us to say thank you. You have given us every blessing, every good and perfect gift comes down from above. We praise you, Father, because of your many blessings, and we ask that you would touch our hearts and teach us to be more grateful, and show us how, O Lord, we can achieve this. Show us how we can turn away from being thankless, and we pray, O Lord, that you would transform our hearts, and in so doing, transform our homes, our communities, our churches, and our workplaces. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, are you at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16? Now, same author, we're going through the book of Romans, same author wrote the book of 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul, and the date is like 80, 50, 51. This is one of his uh, first letters that he wrote. He visited Thessalonica on his second missionary journey, and he wrote to these Christians because he had to leave and he wanted to encourage them uh, in his absence, so that's kind of the background. Of This letter Bible books in the New Testament are often letters written to church communities, but they're written by authorized messengers of God. And that's why we call them uh, the Bible. So here in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, uh, Paul just began, just ended talking about the end of the world. Okay. The end of the world. So everybody just go like this. (sighs) All right. That gives you your context. And then in verse 16, he says this rejoice always. Everyone say, yay. yay. You just got done with the end of the world. End of the world. <laughs> rejoice always. Yay. You see how we're kind of like jarred in the Bible? Well, which is it? Is it the end of the world or am I supposed to be happy? Yes. Verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What do we learn about gratitude from this short section that I'm lifting up out of this letter? Number one, write this down. Be grateful, not grumpy. Be grateful, not grumpy. You know who grumpy is, don't you? One of the what? One of the seven dwarves. Grumpy. Here's a picture of grumpy. Grumpy right there. Leave that up there. Is that you? Which of the seven dwarves are you most like? Are you, like, bashful? Okay. Happy? Even better. Sleepy? long as it's not in church, I'll allow it. But grumpy is the worst. Even dopey's better than grumpy, right? You're not grumpy, are you? Well, it depends on the day. We all turn into grumpy the dwarf, depending on how we feel. So how do we catch a case of the grumps? I mean, when we're just, you know, spiraling downward and we're bitter, upset, cranky, how do we get there? Why are we complaining? Well, when it comes to catching a case of the grumps, complaining is evidence that our hearts have grown grumpy. Complaining, complaining, complaining. Just moaning about the circumstances of our life. There's also comparing. Comparing, comparing leads to the grumps. If you're comparing, you're grumpy. There's also forgetting. These are probably, this is probably the trinity of grumpiness, okay? Complaining, comparing, and forgetting. Are you forgetting? Are you forgetting? When you've forgotten what God has done, you'll catch a case of the grumps. Well, how do we get out of the grumps when we we fall there? The Bible is clear that it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. If we want to become thankful, it starts inside. It's not the outside. It's not this conformity. You're like, oh, it's the day to say thanks. Thanks. It's not external. It's internal. Psalm 116.7 says this. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. I love it when the psalmist talks to his soul. Hey, you in there. Get it together. Don't you feel like you have to do that every now and then? What's going on inside of me? Why am I so grumpy? And the psalmist empathizes with you. Return, O soul, to your rest, for the Lord has been good to you. G.K. Chesterton was one of the most brilliant thinkers of his day. He was a respected thinker. People read him to know what he thought. And listen to what he says. He says, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought. What's the highest form of thought? A lot of things go through your mind during the day, don't they? What's the highest form of thought? Thanks. Thanks. The Bible sometimes gives us thought commands. It tells us in the book of Philippians to think about what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Think about such things. This basically is a call to worship. It says here in verse 16 rejoice always, rejoice always. I get the rejoice part. It's the always part that I have trouble with. Am I right? I could rejoice sometimes. I don't know if I can rejoice always. Thankfulness begins with a call to worship. And let's face it, grumpiness is a worship disorder. We've lost sight. We've lost sight of our God. In Psalm 103, 1-5, to 5, it says this, Bless the Lord, O my He's talking to his soul again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I love that with all that is within me. Sometimes on Sunday mornings, I don't start blessing the Lord with all that is within me. Like I start singing and it's like, like my toes are in it, you know? Like a little of what's in me are like, you know, and then I'm like, snap out of it, it's praise time, right? And then, and then like half my heart's in it. And then I, you know, and then I, I've got to push the distractions aside and, and then boom, suddenly it hits me and I'm truly praising the Lord. Be grateful, not grumpy. This is a call to worship. I like what William Arthur Ward says. He says, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Try that this Christmas. Wrap your kids' presents and then don't give them to them. Where's my gifts? Wrapped. Where are they? somewhere i'm done i bought them i wrapped them give them feeling gratitude isn't enough being thankful is when you express it and worship is saying thank you to god one of the two hardest things for humans to ever do and many of them never ever do this in life is saying sorry to god and saying thank you to god it's so simple kindergartners have to learn how to say sorry and how to say thank you am i right but often, even grown men and women haven't gotten to the point where they know how to say sorry and to say thank you to God. This is Worship 101. When we, when we gather here on Sunday morning, this is your chance to say thank you to God. This is your chance to, with all that is within you, lift up your heart to the Lord. In some churches, maybe when you were growing up, you kind of sang about God. But we don't sing about God here. We sing to God. We believe He is the living God. We believe that He inhabits the praises of his people. We believe that we can actually invite God to come down in a special form of his presence and to be with us and to speak to us, to show us his glory. God leaves room for us to invite him to show up. And when you open your mouth and sing with joy, you're adding your voice to the chorus of praise and you're saying, come down, Lord, come down, Lord. This is the manifest presence of God. Well, isn't God already in me? Yeah, God's, God's in different places in different ways and what you're asking for is for a greater manifestation of his presence in the gathered church that's not a given that is not an automatic occurrence in the church and so many times churches are just they don't ask a lot of God they don't expect a lot of God they don't expect a lot of themselves on Sunday morning lots of yawns lots of no singing lots of just oh come on let's just get through it so that I can get to the game and that's not thankfulness. That's not with all that is within me. So when we gather, we want our hearts, our minds, our souls engaged. We also want our bodies engaged. You know, uh, we we want some people. If there's a dial, you know, a worship dial, some people are like really expressive in their worship. Like they've got ten or eleven on their dial. Okay, some people maybe only go up to a three. But what I would say is, wherever the worship dial is in your heart, just crank it on Sunday mornings, okay, crank it, and, and if you haven't really been a part of a church where you can actually like express yourself, you know, uh, you know, try out a move, that's what I'd say, try, try out a move, you know, do one of these, do one of these, do one of these, and people in our church have told us, you know, I tried for the first time to raise my hands in worship, oh yeah, what was it like, it was incredible, you know, you don't have to be like the double hand swayer the first time, you know. Okay, but listen, I'm, I'm going to say this gently because I love you as your pastor, but if you're not, if you're not showing the Lord you love him with your body, there's a reason you're withholding that. And I would say, get past that, get past that. Okay, because you clap and sing and shout for other things. Why wouldn't you show God you love him and express that to the Lord? So when it comes to worship, we always want to help you to fill your mind with praise What are you listening to? The songs you're listening to will follow you throughout the day. They kind of become like the soundtrack in the back of your heart. So I am going to throw up a slide that shows where some of our worship music comes from. There's tons of great new music out there. You might want to write these down. But we get some of our songs from the band City Point. They came out with a new um, CD. CD. I'm so old school. They came out with... (laughs) What do you call it these days? (laughs) Record? Album? They came out with a new playlist, City Point. There's also Vertical Worship. That's the worship band that comes from our mother church, Harvest, up in Rolling Meadows. So Vertical Worship, Bright Faith, Bold Future. They came out with one. Passion writes a lot of songs that we sing. Um, and so their new, their new CD is out. Bright City is actually a, a newer group. Uh, but do you remember Delirious from like the 80s, 90s? I think the lead singer Delirious is involved in this. So Bright City is really, really incredible. Hillsong came out with a new CD called Three, and then there's the live version of it. And then Elevation came out with an awesome CD with some good Christmas songs on it too. So if you, if you throw those on your playlist, you will not be disappointed. Um, but hey, get great worship pumping through your, your soul. Be grateful, not grumpy. This is a call to worship. Jot this down. Thank God for your past, your present, and your future. Be joyful, always. Rejoice, always. Past, present, future. And I would challenge you to uh, actually, here's a few things that I do to keep track of what God has been doing in my life. Past, present, and future. I'll, I'll take an index card every year and leave this on my desk, and I'll just put the year on it, 2018, and I will keep a running list of reasons that I'm thankful for this year. And I always forget because I lose track of time. And so I have to look through this and I'm like, wow, 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 this is an amazing year. But if I get really like waterlogged in a bad week, I forget everything God has done in the year. I've got tons of things on this card. Some of your names are on this card for things that God has done in in your life. But big ones for us is we sold a house that we had owned since launching this church out in the western suburbs, and that was just a burden we've been carrying for a long time. Uh, We launched Vertical Church Kiev in Ukraine. Uh, I went to Richards High School earlier this year, and they had four hours of Q&A for high schoolers during their lunchtime in a student evangelistic rally. Four hours of Q&A. Kids just came in and asked questions. It was amazing. I read a book about the WWE wrestler Lex Luger, and it was shockingly great and it made my list. <laughs> phase two, we kicked off phase two, raised a lot of money and got a lot of people pledged to that. Uh, I wrote down a few, a few people's baptism testimonies really blessed me. We installed elders uh, at, at Pastor Brandon's church, Rochester. So they became a you know an autonomous church and I flew out there for that. One of our missionaries in Venezuela, Mike Dawson and his wife got on a plane and the little plane took off and the door flew off the plane. Bam! And then they landed safely. Put the door back on and took off again. Glory. That got on my list. Door flies off plane. Missionaries still serving. I mean, there's just a lot. I, I, little things like a conversation I had with some guy when I was in Ukraine about God. So are you keeping the list? Are you? This as easy as this. You can get these. You can get these in a whole pack at Walmart. Okay. So you buy one pack and you're good for life. You can live to 250 years with one pack. <laughs> Simple. Grab a card and start writing it down. I also have a trophy case in my office. Here's a picture of that. And I just throw junk on there that reminds me of how awesome God is. And uh, here's some things that are on there. You can go to the next slide. This, uh, these are our annual reports. I just throw them on there, and I'll just open them up every now and then and look at how awesome God has been to us. Here's the next slide. This is from Ukraine and a reminder from Uh, conference I went to with RZIM. There's also my passport book back there. Pastor Brandon gave me this when they launched the church. You can go to the next one. Pastor Brandon gave me this brick when they launched the church uh, to remind me that God is the rock that he's building on. This next one um, is uh, Psalm 22 in uh, Ukrainian, given to me from Pastor Alex, which is pretty sweet. This next one um, reminds me that I won the men's chili cook-off Earlier this year. Sometimes I'll just carry that around to remind myself that my father and I triumphed. Uh, is there one more or is that it for the trophy case? That's it for the trophy case. So I, I don't know. You need a trophy case. And mark my words the first thing Satan wants to do is cover up your trophy case. He does not want you to remember what God has done for you, he wants you to forget all of it. It's healthy for the heart to thank him, past, present, future. Albert Moeller also in his podcast says this, we have to understand that interestingly enough, the Bible grounds all human sinfulness in ingratitude, in a refusal to give thanks. Romans 1 says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Wow, all sin comes from ingratitude. So number one, be grateful, not grumpy. It says here in First Thessalonians 5.16, it says, rejoice always. Now verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. So jot this down. Number two, stop worrying, start praying. Stop worrying, start praying. How do you turn a grumpy heart into a grateful heart? Less worry, more prayer. Less worry, more prayer. Okay. Turn to the person next to you and say, stop worrying. Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, start praying. Start praying. Start praying. Start praying. praying. Stop worrying. Start praying. Start praying. What is really souring your spirit right now? Who is really souring your spirit right now? What has the potential to drag you to the dumps by Monday? Emotionally. What causes you to take others down with you? If you seriously want to be thankful, you have to stop worrying and start praying. I don't know your prayer plan. All right, we, we give you ways to choose to pray, 30-day prayer calendar, these prayer rallies coming up. Uh, but I don't know what your prayer plan is. For me, it didn't click until I started prayer journaling. It's not for everybody, but I started writing out my prayers. A professor of mine at Moody Bible Institute told me about how he prayer journaled. I was like, that sounds good. And my prayer life just took off. All right, here's a picture just to show you what God has done in my life. Those are all prayer journals. All, right? all full. And God, I can go back like five years and be like, what was I praying for on November 1st of you know, 20-whatever? And I know. And I can track God's faithfulness because I'm documenting my prayers in those journals. They're also kind of part scrapbook. I'll stuff things in there to remind myself of things that God has done. Maybe that's something you should try. You can also buy a book called... Uh, we we have a book of Puritan prayers uh, that we sell in our library and it's called The Valley of Vision if you're like I really don't know how to talk to God I don't have fancy words guess what people already wrote them for you All right. how many of you have done The Valley of Vision prayer book or you bought it you started reading through them they're amazing like things that I could never say to God they help me say and so buy The Valley of Vision and make it your goal to pray through that you know this year next year but stop worrying start praying Um, When it comes to worrying and praying, here's a few things that really work against a a prayerful, a thankful heart. Jot this down. We have to turn away from self-reliance. Prayer is turning away from self-reliance. You can't act like you're going to do it all and be a prayerful person. You can't act like you're the one keeping your whole universe together and be a thankful person. You can't. If you're trying to be a self-reliant person, you can't be a thankful person. Because you really believe that you're the one who should be thanked. You're like Martha. Remember Martha in the New Testament? All work, no rest. She's going to keep working. She only trusts herself to get it done. And she wishes everyone appreciated her and helped her a lot more. Boy, did she have a case of the grumps. And she got in the Bible on her grumpy day. It's like every woman's worst nightmare. Jesus is coming over to my house and the town. And I got in trouble and it's going in the Bible. I mean... Wow. She was so self-reliant. She was so anxious. She was such a worker, worker, worker. She didn't know when it was time to stop, listen, pray, and thank. She didn't get that. We have to turn from self-reliance. Jot this down. Turn from self-promotion. Turn from self-promotion. Remember young Joseph in the Old Testament? His daddy loved him the best. So what did he give Joseph? A coat of what? If you wanted your kids to know who the favorite is, give them a rainbow colored coat. <laughs> Big favoritism in that family. And young Joseph didn't know how to temper you know, his pride. So he'd have, he had his dream about all of his brothers and his parents and everything bowing down before him. So what does he do? He runs out. Guess what I dreamed about? All of you were bowing down before me. <laughs> no wonder his brothers got rid of him. Sold him off into slavery. He was so obnoxious. He was so full of himself. He had no idea what to do with all of this pretension. Self-promotion, self-promotion, me, me, me. If, If you're like Joseph, bragging about how you should rule the world, parading in your coat of rainbow colors, thinking that you're God's favorite, look out. You won't have a thankful heart. You won't. You'll have a super entitled heart. You won't have a prayerful heart. Definitely not. And let me just say, it's time for you to... Give thanks that the universe already has a God and you're not it. Okay. Heaven is not hiring. Heaven is not hiring. I don't know who you're trying to impress. But you're really just like everyone else. It's time to be humble. It's time to be thankful. You're dust plus God breath. Do you know that? That's all you are. That's all you are. I don't care that... Letters after your name, the boards you're on, the bank account. Your dust plus God breath equals you. Never forget that. Turn from self-promotion or you won't be prayerful and you won't be thankful. And then turn from self-indulgence, self-reliance, self-promotion, self-indulgence. Me filling me up with more pleasure, more comfort. Hey, if you're trying to live like Solomon... Denying yourself no pleasure. Life is all about your next thrill or binge or trip or high or spending spree. You won't pray and you won't thank. Charles Spurgeon said, it's not how much we have but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. It's true. It's not how much we have, it's how much we enjoy. This is a good point for me to also mention beware of false forms of thankfulness. You know, So, so when, when a non-believing kicker Makes the winning field go and goes like this. All right, that's superstition. You know, when somebody gets up to bat and they're like this, you know, and then they hit a home run and they're like, oh. that's not gratitude, that's superstition. And if your thanks is always, try- is always trying to get you like more luck, more luck, I'm going to thank for more luck, you don't get it. That's, that's counterfeit gratitude. It's manipulation. It's trying to keep the streak going between me and God but you're really not thankful. Watch out for that. Watch out for a superstitious view of gratitude. I'll thank God when good things happen. Also watch out for thanking the wrong God. Thanking the wrong God. It's, It's sometimes comical and sad when a movie star who believes really strange things about God gets up and holds up the award and says, I'd like to thank God. And it's like they invented a new God from their imagination who's not the real God, and then said thank you to that God. But where did that God come from? Their mind. So thanking a false God is not thankfulness. If you're not thanking the true God, you're not grateful. That's a false form of thankfulness. If you just invent a God or change God to make him your life, and then you're really thankful to that God, that's not gratitude. That's a false form of gratitude. Gratitude. It's also not enough to just, to just be thankful. I'm just thankful. I don't need God. I, I'm just thankful. Oh, to who? Like like, Mother Nature? Your lucky stars? There's, there's kind of this mystical form of thankfulness out there among non-religious people. Oh, I look up at the stars. It's just so wonderful. What? What? Black space? Death coming? Like we came from black group? Like what? what? Where's the thankfulness? And if you don't have a creator God to say thankful, to say thank you to, this mystical form of like thanking the universe is not true gratitude. You might as well just shake hands with a tree. I mean, it's not the real thing. So let's just watch out for those false forms of gratitude. Number one, be grateful, not grumpy. Number two, stop worrying, start praying, and turn from self reliance, promotion, and indulgence. It goes on in First Thessalonians to say this rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Number three, be thankful now, not later. All circumstances. Be thankful now, not later. We can get trapped in like this, yeah, gratitude, thankfulness, you will get there. Grateful, I should be more grateful, but then it doesn't become a now thing. Now. And we have to be thankful now, not later. All circumstances merit gratitude toward God. In Lamentations 3:22 to 23 it says this: "The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Be thankful now. Be thankful, sun up to sundown. Don't wait, not later, now. You know Winnie the Pooh, right? In one of the Winnie the Pooh books, the early Winnie the Pooh books, Piglet was learning about gratitude. And here's what it says about Piglet. It says, Piglet noticed that even though he has a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. It's cute, little Piglet. Learning that even though he has a little small heart, it could hold a large amount of gratitude. Maybe you need to learn that. You can your heart can hold a large amount of gratitude. When it comes to gratitude, we have to be thankful now, not later. And this includes when life is good and when life is bad. Jot this down. We have to embrace the hard days. Embrace your trials because God is making you stronger. Be thankful when life life is hard. Embrace your trials because God is making you stronger. When it comes to pain, sometimes Christians don't understand God's God's understanding of trials and hardship and pain. God doesn't want you to be happy about the pain. It's, It's not weird like that. It's not like, my pet hamster died. Yay. It's not weird like that. It's not like you're supposed to be happy about the pain. Okay? God doesn't want that. It's weird to force that. But God wants you to be happy about what he's going to do from the pain. And God's pain will serve God's purposes. But you have to bring your pain to God. And the way you do that is by determining in your heart, I'm going to sing, I'm going to leave it in God's presence, and I'm going to help other people while I'm going through a trial. I'm not going to isolate myself. If you make those choices, then your trials will be turned to gold. The truth is, when God wants to put an addition on your faith, he has to swing the wrecking ball through your front door. Then he starts building. Embrace your trials because God is making you stronger. Be thankful now, not later. Don't withhold your worship from God when life gets hard. Be thankful now, not later. Jot this down. Embrace your trials, but beware your triumphs because God is testing your heart. Life going well, got the promotion, making more money. People are respecting you. Kids are behaving. Beware. Beware. When life is going as best as you could expect it, watch out. That's a trial. Prosperity could be a harder trial than, than pain. Beware your triumphs because God is testing your heart. I was told that at my son's middle school, they don't even use the word test anymore, they call it a summative. What is that? Now we have the UN. They won't even say test. I mean, times have changed. Don't get me started. Okay, they don't have grades anymore. They have like numbers. I don't even know what the numbers mean. What's a three and a half? Okay. What's a two? What's a four? And then there's no tests. There's summatives. Thankfully, in high school, they still have all these things, so I could be like, "You're getting a what?" You know, and I understand that. But God uses the word test. God uses the word test, and prosperity tests your heart. And whenever you go through a trial or you have a triumph, the test is this, will you put it in God's hands? When your kids were young, did they ever ask you to hold weird stuff? Hold this, hold this, hold this. One time, our middle daughter came up to my wife, and she's like, here you go. And my wife reached out her hand and picked up this chewed up Tootsie Roll blob. It was all wet. It was disgusting. She goes, here you go, and... Lauren's like, "What is this?" Jared's retainers in there. Oh, okay. Okay. it's in there. got hold this. You know, parents know what it's like when kids are like, hold this. Hold this here. Hold this. Listen. When you have a trial or you have a triumph, you need to say, "God, hold this." God, hold this. If you're holding it, it's too heavy. Both prosperity and pain are too heavy for you. God, hold this. You. You hold this. Listen, you must surrender all your burdens and all of your blessings into God's hands. It's the only place they belong. It's the only place where they are truly safe. Have you done that? Be thankful now, not later. Number one, be grateful, not grumpy. Number two, stop worrying, start praying. Number three, be thankful now, not later says here rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances and then it says for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you let's talk about how all gratitude comes from god's son the lord jesus christ number four gratitude begins with the gospel with the gospel everything required to make you a thankful person is found in jesus and in christ alone when it comes to why you would be happy in this life I can give you a billion reasons why you shouldn't be happy. I can give you a billion, pick up any newspaper, I can give you a billion reasons why you shouldn't be happy. Why? why It's actually not a mystery when people are grumpy. It makes sense. What doesn't make sense is when they're grateful and happy. Where did that come from? That actually doesn't make sense in this world. But we find our gratitude in the gospel. The story of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. God sent heaven down in His Son. He did it. It's amazing. His Son lived the perfect life and died on the cross to take away all of your sins. And therefore, if you trust the risen Savior who rules heaven, all of your sins are taken away. All of the blessings of heaven are given to you. The gospel is an outrageous deal. Better than anything you found on Black Friday. You didn't find anything like the gospel on Black Friday. Heaven forever for free? I'd be happy if I found a free toaster on Friday. Heaven forever for free? That's where thankfulness begins. When you understand that God gave that to you, you'll truly be thankful. Jot this down. Receive the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Face the problem of your depravity and your sin. See God's solution and His grace. Then you can have strength to endure the day. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give. And that is, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Did you hear that? It is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. And I would focus that, because you could even say it this way. It is only with gratitude for the gospel that life becomes rich. If you don't have gratitude for the gospel, your life will never be rich. Receive the free gift of eternal life in Jesus. Finally, walk humbly with your Savior forever. Gratitude begins at the cross, but then you can take that with you throughout your whole life and on to eternity. This is what we're all going for together. I like what David Garland says in his commentary. He says, The church should be a place of hope, good cheer, and encouragement. The place where others affirm the areas of growth in our lives and help us on the way to maturation. The place where we are fortified for the daily battle in the midst of despair and hopelessness. And the place where we do the same for others. Amen. We're all walking humbly with our Savior and gratitude begins spiritually with the gospel. Do you have that? Do you have that nailed down? That's where gratitude comes from. In Hebrews twelve twenty-eight to 29, it says this, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Wow, based on all of this, I want to close by giving you a chance to just thank God for everything that he's done for you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Why don't we all stand right now, and I'm going to pray as the worship team comes up here. Let's all stand right now and let's thank God for all that he's done, for all that he's been, for all that he's promised. Let's do that together right now. Father, we do confess to you that so often we are not thankful. So often we are ungrateful. So often we lose sight of how every breath, every breath comes straight from your hand. Every beam of sunlight, all the crops from the soil that you laid down. Jesus, we're so ungrateful. We repent of that and we understand that ingratitude comes from a a worship problem. So Jesus, we give you thanks right now. Father, we give you thanks right now. In spirit of the living God, we exalt you. I know that there are some here today who perhaps have never for the first time truly said thank you to God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Maybe right now they're ready. Maybe now they're ready finally to say thank you, Jesus, for the cross, to ask for Christ to save them forever. Maybe they're ready, O oh Lord, to publicly declare thanks to you in baptism and to say how grateful they are all that you've done for them. Motivate them, Lord. Challenge them to do that. Fill our hearts with joy because in the past, you defeated death. In the present, you've filled us with joy. In the future, we'll have heaven forever. May we be a unique and distinct people in this fallen world. May we be thankful to the one who gave it all for us. We pray this in Jesus' name.